Welcome to the Taking the Leap podcast, where you can learn how to launch your full-time career in this part-time gig economy. No matter what career you're in, you have the potential to be the best version of you and overcome whatever obstacles stand in your way. And now, here's your host, the CEO of Bonvera, Bob Dickey. Welcome back to the Leap Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Dickey, and this afternoon, I'm blessed to be able to be in Carrollton, Texas at a pretty cool establishment, Mac Daddy's, an Apple store. And I must say, of all the Apple stores that I've ever been to, this happens to be the coolest, hands-down, Apple store. I love the great quotes that are all over the outside of this building, this old 1907 building, I think is when it was started. And we've got a uh, little speakeasy, it looks like, uh, saloon slash piano bar here in the, in the back and just the way it's been decorated up. But for those of you who might be wondering why I am in a Mac store, uh, not only am I a huge Mac fan, but I'm a huge fan of the two people who are sitting across the table from me. And I am um, blessed to be able to speak with Kirk and Nicole Porter, uh, longtime residents of the Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth area, serial entrepreneurs, having started there. And, 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 and sure enough, wouldn't you know, it, as soon as we sit down to do a podcast, we've already got customers banging on the front door. Let me in. I want to see this. Yes. No, Steve Jobs is not here, but <laughs> here we go. It's all right. We're, this is live. We're going to keep on going. This will make, this will make it fun. Of all the Mac stores I've ever been to, this is the coolest one. So for those of you who are traveling through the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you need to make sure that you stop in and check this out. Uh, but more important than just the awesome ambiance and you know all the little cool accoutrements that are here, I'm really, Nicole, excited to be able to speak with uh, you and your husband. And it looks like another satisfied customer has been served. Yes. They will come back and be able to get one of their... Uh, their their Apple either worked on or a brand new Apple product here in a, in a second. And it looks like we're handing out some business cards. So nothing uh, like right in the raw uh, of doing business. That's on right. An well, entrepreneur know, th- podcast. This is a, this is you know this is the perfect way to start this podcast with you guys, an entrepreneur's podcast, because this is the messiness, the the rawness of being an entrepreneur. You've got to be on your toes. You got to be flexible. So we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about that, but. Well, so you know, too, just even the service service to people. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to be willing to serve. It's a great example at, right here. At all times, you know? even in the middle of a, a, a podcast, we're trying to, you, we had a st- sign on the front door. It says, hey, we're closed. But it's like, hey, when a customer needs to be served, you've got to be there. Absolutely. And so, Kirk, great job stepping up and um, taking care of some customers. And, I, you know, We'll we'll dive into this in a second. I want to make sure we come back to it. But you've been in the tech uh, tech sector for quite some time, and you have customers all over the world who order products from you because you've built a great relationship. And I want to uh, tease out what you've learned on your journey. But just so uh, for for folks who are listening, I want to make sure that they get a little bit of an understanding of of who we are talking with today. So not only are you guys just you know great personal friends of mine, I've got a great deal of respect and admiration for you and the way that you lead your businesses and the, the way you think about uh, business and process. And as we just saw, serve your customers. But you got your start back in the day with Lockheed Martin. Kirk, you were in tech uh, with Lockheed Martin and Nicole, you were a, a dental hygienist, right? And then along the lines, you guys have, you know, you've branched out into real estate. Kirk, you've branched out in multiple other entrepreneurial pursuits. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, your your background. And did did you guys both have this passion and dream to kind of like be your own boss, or what led you to like leave what would be considered, you know, a safe corporate America job? Lockheed Martin, great company, dental hygienist, that's a great pay. And all of a sudden you guys are like, no, I want to go do my own thing. What, what, what happened? Well, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, uh, from an early age and I was never really good at school. Um, so, uh, I always wanted to do something different. So I went to school, got good grades or kind of good grades trying to, then I started to go to corporate America, realized corporate America wasn't for me. But then every time I tried to become an entrepreneur, I, I just hit a brick wall. Like mm-hmm. no one wanted to share with me what they knew. And then probably about 15 years ago, I got connected with some guys that were willing to coach, uh, coach me and teach me about entrepreneurship, which is very rare mm-hmm. um, that someone would actually do that for you. Uh, so Nicole and I met when we were about 19 years old and she went to dental school. I won't tell her story. Um, but 
one of the things that I always want to be an entrepreneur. So she was going to dental school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So she was like, Kirk, why don't you go to dental lab tech school and learn how to be a dental lab tech, which I had no interest in whatsoever. And so you, she was wanting you to like have the same career field she was having. So you guys could kind of work yeah. kind of in the, the same sector. It's the sector. whole define, learn, do, right? right. Someone, she basically said, you should go to, you should go to dental lab tech school because they make good money and you can open up your own lab. And I was like, okay, that's exactly what I, I'll do because mm-hmm. kind of what happened with her with hygiene. And so I went to dental lab tech school. I uh, came into some money, ended up quitting school halfway through, opened up uh, a business at 19, 20 years old, and it was called the Tooth Factory. And so at 19 a years candy old. candy shop? No, it was, we made teeth. You made, te- really? Yeah, I made teeth. Hold on. How does a, you, a 19 year old kid is making teeth? Yeah. I mean, did you have people buy these teeth? Uh, a couple people. <laughs> <laughs> So I dumped about yes, I dumped about fifty to sixty thousand dollars into this business, and it was the craziest thing ever. Uh, I was I'm always been a risk taker, right? So I was like, okay, I'm gonna open up my own. But back then, I didn't really have people skills because I hadn't read any people books, and I was kind of shy. And so I would literally be 19, 20 years old going into these dentists and saying, hey, switch your person that you're using that's doing a great job and come let the tooth factory make your teeth. And they're like, this one dentist felt so sorry for me and because I was so nervous and intimidated to go in there. She's like, she literally said, I feel sorry for you. So I'm going to give you a couple cases, see if you can handle it. So she gave me some, some, uh, some cases and we did a good job on them. But I ended up shutting the thing down because that wasn't my passion and I just did it. So I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but never had anybody that was willing to invest in me and teach me those ropes on how to do it. So, but what led you to want to be an entrepreneur? I mean, because a, a mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who just be like, yeah. hey, I, I'm looking to make, you know, a good salary. Mm-hmm. I, I want to follow in the footsteps maybe of a family member or somebody mm-hmm. get a good, good job. But you you, you had that mm-hmm. um, with because you eventually got in with, Lockheed Martin, mm-hmm. right? And then said, hey, I want to go yeah. do something else. Yeah, I remember working at Lockheed Martin and, and having it made there. Um, you know, I saw my boss like twice a week uh, for an hour or two. He was in a totally different building than me. And I remember talking to the other IT guys and be like, we need to open our own business. We need to do this. We need to do that. But I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping maybe they had an idea of how to do it. They didn't know. So they kind of like, yeah, that'd be cool. To them, it was a fantasy. To me, I always wanted to learn. Um, so I felt like I was stuck, mm-hmm. right? So here I am seven years into my career at Lockheed Martin, making good money, Fridays off. You know, in December, I'd have almost a month off of you know, cause they shut down cause mm-hmm. they contracted by the government. You know, the government doesn't work oh, in yeah. December. So, uh, so I had a lot of free time, but I felt like I was in prison and I just remember being trapped. I was like, I got to get out of this. How do I get out of this? And then one of my friends that was actually an entrepreneur in Michigan who owned multiple businesses that as a kid, we always talked about going to business with mm-hmm. one another. And he came down and was like, Hey, uh, you know, I want to share some concepts with you. Some, from some guys that I learned from that uh, are willing to share on how to be successful as an entrepreneur. And I just jumped all over it. Nicole and I were completely in the looking window. She was seven years into her career as a dental hygienist. She was starting to experience carpal tunnel uh, in her hands. She made great money. I mean, we had really great careers. We had uh, a lot of flexibility, but Mm -hmm. we were just, we didn't want to be in the rat race anymore. And so we were just so hungry in in what they call the looking window. Mm -hmm. If you would have showed me anything that was legal, moral, and ethical, I would have got You're signed into. up yeah, for it. You're signed like, I'm up. done. Would, I'm done. A, yeah, get me out of this, yeah. you know, this place. Um, and so once I got connected with these guys, they literally coached and mentored me for two years. Uh, and in the past that, but to where for the first two years, they coached and ta- taught me everything to where I was able to cre- uh, replace my income as an, as an IT guy. And Nicole did the same. And so we never looked back after that and just started really learning and developing uh, into becoming an entrepreneur. And then also now we coach and train other people on how to be entrepreneurs. It's really interesting because there seems to be a common thread with a number of the folks that I've interviewed in terms of the coaching and mentoring and how that has been so important uh, in their career to achieve success. I mean, I think to a person thus far, everyone has had some type of coach or mentor that that has helped them. Uh, so bef- I, I want to talk a little bit about that. But before we get too far down the track, Nicole, you're sitting next to your husband here. I want to hear a little about your, your background and story. So did you always want to be a dental hygienist? Is this something that was like your your dream job or did you just kind of stumble into it? And then what causes you to pivot? I mean, I, it sounds mm-hmm. like you had carpal tunnel syndrome, but you made a pretty substantial pivot. Say, no, I'm going to go do something on my own, right? Right. 
No, definitely. Dental hygiene was not, you know, a childhood dream. Uh, it's, you know, Kurt kind of referenced that whole define, learn, do principle. And the same thing happened to me. You know, I was in college, uh, probably like most college kids, they go in excited just to get out of the house and, and you know, move away from home and they don't really know what they want to do. I mean, some do. I didn't. Uh, went through my first year of college and literally still had no clue. I had way too much fun that first year okay. and got that dreaded phone call from my dad. And he basically said, you can come home and I'll keep paying or you can stay there and you can pay. So at that time, I was smart enough to say, you know what, I'm going to come back, get my head together. Mm-hmm. And I was, it was in that space where I sat down with a girlfriend of mine and she said, you know, Nicole, you should be a dental hygienist. They make really good money and you get Fridays off. And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I literally applied for dental hygiene all based on someone's advice that I don't even know if she ever had her teeth cleaned. You know, I literally took her advice. So she wasn't and, a dental hygienist. No, she just happened to like, no, she, she could have been. She just had heard the information somewhere and thought she'd give it to me because I was clueless of what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. And I took it. And, uh, and did they get Fridays off? Yes. Did I make really good money? Yes. Um, but uh, several years into my career, I realized I just can't do this for the rest of my life. You know, I had chronic neck, shoulder, arm pain. I started having babies <laughs> oh, no. and realizing, man, somebody owns me. You know, somebody owns my time. And, uh, you know, I feel blessed that I was raised by uh, parents that I saw their story play out. They went from working jobs to owning their own business, and they had a, a very successful business. And so I did have that example in my parents. You know, and I saw they had more flexibility when they owned their own business than they did when they were employees. And so uh, we were looking. You know, Kirk yeah. made that point. We just both honestly got inside that looking window at the same time and said, there's got to be more than this. So we were blessed to be able to just learn some new concepts, really like mm-hmm. that whole define, learn, do, yeah, yeah. you know? Oh, and, and for those of you who are listening at the moment, I, I'm going to ask a question. Is there a, like a Texas thunderstorm like rolling through? Is that, because I, I, I'm hearing it in my headset, it sounds like there's like a big thunderstorm cracking outside, but it doesn't look like it's raining. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty over, overcast. Yeah, I'm not hearing it. I'm, I'm hearing I'm hearing this like, like Interesting. It's yeah. like you turn the fans down. I wonder if it is picking up that. Could I, be. Yeah, there, I, just there, there's a, a a roar that keeps kind of huh. coming through. Although you never know about Texas. I was going to say. I was, One my, day than the next. You don't know. <laughs> my Uber driver was just telling me. So I was driving from the airport over here, and he was telling me about, uh, I guess, uh, he was driving a couple of insurance salesmen uh, last week. Apparently, there's a big storm here in town, a huge thunderstorm that came through and knocked down a crane in downtown Dallas and a couple people were killed and they were talking about just how much damage over the last number of years the the, the insurance companies are trying to figure out how to mitigate some of it here down in Dallas. So you guys, you definitely live here, as he was saying, in uh, Tornado Alley and the big thunderstorms that come rolling through. So maybe we'll see one this afternoon. Yeah, you might. It's you been might. pretty dry here, so hopefully we can see something like that. I'd, I'd actually <laughs> like to see I, I love those big lightning storms, so if we yeah. get that, that'll be a treat. Absolutely. So, you, Nicole, you, you had, I don't know if it's good advice or bad advice, but you took advice from someone who really didn't know what they were talking about, had no experience, but right. you listened to it, and you're headlong being trained down that, down that pathway. You and Kirk find yourself in a spot in life where you're like, okay, you're both looking. You'd, had, you'd seen some examples of people who had had the mm-hmm. flexibility and the freedom with entrepreneurship. Tell me about your, your leap since this is titled the leap podcast. Tell me a little bit about your leap. Was it, was it scary kind of leaving a, a job that you knew and you felt safe and secure in, or where you were just like, no, I'm ready. You I'm, know, I'm it good. really wasn't because I think when you get hungry for a new result, mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like everything out, all the security, I think, at times that you feel in a job. But when, when you're hungry enough, all of a sudden it, now it becomes exciting. It, you get that exhilarating feeling of like, oh, man, I could get out of this place. And that's really where I was. I, have, I was very hungry to learn. I was very hungry for different results. And so even though it took time, you know, I think a lot of people think it's going to be easy too. you know, when they take that leap, like, oh, well, I'll just make this decision. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be easy. You got to be willing to stick it out. Uh, you've got to be willing to do the hard things Mm -hmm. to be able to get where you want to go. And so even though we made the decision that we were going to do something different, uh, it took time. 
you know, to begin to work hard and and to switch that uh, from being an employee, jumping over into entrepreneurship. So, so you mean it, it wasn't like uh, you hit a home run on day one and just the money starts falling out of the trees and there, there's like a, there's a season of building and scaling and right. We wish. And, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been reading a book titled "The Messy Middle" and the the author talks about in our popular culture the starting a business gets celebrated right like i I saw on facebook you guys had the big the show you know you had the Mm -hmm. big party here launching of Mm -hmm. mac daddies and he said the start of a business is celebrated and then in culture we also celebrate what would consider to be somewhat of the the tail end of business which be like and maybe a a company does has their ipo on wall street or uh, a big exit so what a lot of times doesn't get talked about is the messy middle it's the it's those long periods where you're you know gutting it out uh working hard every single day to to make your dream a reality so tell tell me a little bit about i would imagine you guys had a messy middle on your journey right so you you got involved in real estate and mm-hmm. kirk you got involved in building an it business and then you guys have together uh built other businesses that have scaled and, and, and given you the the freedom and flexibility that you've been looking for to, can you take me on that that story arc of mm-hmm. what you learned in those transitions Well, I think one of the greatest examples, too, and Kirk may touch on this, is we really started to learn about business systems. And that was Mm -hmm. really one of the books that um, changed everything for us. I don't know if you want to touch on that. Michael Gerber was a huge, uh, E-Myth was a huge book for me. Um, But one of the things that, uh, before we touch on that, that really helped us was we learned um, three keys to wealth, which was delayed gratification, long-term vision, and the power of compounding. And so Nicole and I, we, we basically got into the spot where we were, we bought the American dream, right? Mm-hmm. Like we had the nice cars, we had corporate jobs, we had the nice house and um, we looked good from the outside. Uh, but on the inside, we were in debt, we we're working our, you know, we we're just crazy. Any money we made, we spent it, you know. And so we realized, started reading that, hey, look, you need to delay yourself. And so we're like, okay, so we delayed ourselves, um, and then we started uh, learning, uh, and then ca- and the power of compounding, those things that are really key. Um, and so we started cutting out any excess that we could, right? We started getting rid of cars that we could get rid of, uh, getting rid of debt, and then just carving that out so we could get laser focused. And um, so, like, I remember things delayed my gratification. My AC went out in my car in Texas in a van and I would be going to share concepts with people and I would literally have a seatbelt sweat mark across my nice shirt and I'd be going in there trying to you know sell or pitch someone Mm -hmm. on my ideas Um, and so a lot of times I think in our culture today we don't want to talk about the messy middle we want to we we want to portray that we've already achieved right right Um, so we have all these these things that we're seeing on social media hey look at me I'm successful let me give you advice Uh, I want to know about the struggle I want to know about where you came from Mm -hmm. to get to where you're going and so we we had a we had a very messy middle because we and because one we were carving out debt I remember buying two thousand dollar cars running those cars in the ground chasing our dream Mm -hmm. and then you know getting and leaving one breakdown on the side of the road and then we go we'll come back and get that later and we come back the next day and some drunk driver hit it and told the whole side of the car out you know and they were like and not even slowing down Mm -hmm. i remember uh, there's a great documentary on arnold schwarzenegger when he was doing his bodybuilding i don't know if you've ever seen that you got it there's so many great principles in there but he was that's on netflix yeah it was on netflix okay it's been a while since i've shown notes but yeah i remember seeing it back in the day that was phenomenal yeah there's so much teaching in it but it was when he was at his peak i think he had run mr universe for like the seventh time and it was his last time but it's totally a documentary on that i'd love to go back and watch it again but he says when i'm competing if my car gets stolen i can't even think about my car getting stolen Mm -hmm. because i'm so focused on my goal to get where i'm going that Mm -hmm. i someone else can't even come and tell me that they have to handle it for me and i think that's where the messy middle is when you're chasing your dream and you're doing those things your car gets smashed on the side of the road you're like i don't got no time for that right i'm going to hunt i'm in the hunt and i think a lot of times people want to pass that hunt and just talk about the success that you know that they think they've already achieved you know um but i i i I love the hunt i think the hunt is the funnest part of the whole thing you know the battle being in the battle and getting to where you want to go well so i think where you learn the most right i mean Mm -hmm. so if you if you skip all of those challenges right if you skip the valleys if you skip the Mm -hmm. you know all of that Mm-hmm. you're going to end up arriving at your destination, mm-hmm. not prepared. Mm-hmm. And um, now I was listening to a podcast the other day and 
one of the, it was a, a, a guy in uh, venture capital that was mm -hmm. being interviewed. And he was talking about uh, what he's looking for in people that he's hiring for his, his firm are young people who have gone through those challenges and because that's where they are going to mm -hmm. learn and ac acquire the skills that will allow them to grow and be the people that he wants them to be in his firm versus folks who have never gone through any of it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you don't have the battle scars, right? Mm -hmm. and, and plus, and the other thing he was mentioning was the fact that you, you, you don't know how a person is going to react when they hit a, a challenge, right? You want to know, it's like, hey, this, has this person experienced a challenge in life? And if you want to know what they're going to, because everybody looks good mm -hmm. when the going's good, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But what you want to do is kind of look in the past and see if you can get a little bit of a signal in mm -hmm. terms of, okay, how is this person going to respond in a, in a tough spot? Do they mm -hmm. just up and quit? Do they, mm -hmm. you know, um, but yeah, so, so you guys learned all of those lessons in that messy middle. And I mean, I think in, for me in business, it's, it feels like, the, the mess, there, there's always a messy middle, no matter where you're at, mm -hmm. because you're going, you're, you, okay, you hit a goal. Now you're trying to achieve a different goal. And so mm -hmm. now there's a new messy middle. And then you mm -hmm. hit that goal, like, okay, right. now there's another messy. So you're always in that fight, unless mm -hmm. you just kind of like pack up your bags and go home, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think there's always there's always a challenge. There's always something that being created. There's always something being recreated. I mean, if you're a business owner, you've got to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. You know that constantly you're reinventing yourself. Constantly you're on to the next challenge. You're on. To, it's it's challenge to challenge to challenge to success. Challenge to, to challenge to challenge to success. Someone could say failure to failure to mm -hmm. success, right? And right. so uh, Kirk touched on even just long term vision. I think that's a huge one. You know, someone that's listening to this right now and they're thinking, man, do I have what it takes to be an entrepreneur? Uh, to me, one of the biggest keys is having that long-term vision. You've got to be able to see far ahead, not just what is this going to produce for me in a week. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to have that staying power and be able to see things long-term. One of the things that both of you have brought up was the, uh, the business systems and the mentoring and the coaching. So when you, you mentioned, if I think, if I remember correctly said delayed gratification there's three three mm -hmm. laws to wealth i'm gonna make sure mm -hmm. i got that right we'll put that in the show notes but yeah. three laws of wealth what delayed gratification power of compounding and long-term vision is mm -hmm. that right was that yeah. in the book what book did that come out of i want to say that was kiyosaki was that kiyosaki's book mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. yeah uh, cash flow quadrant he, I talks, think so. okay. he talks about the three keys to wealth okay um so when it comes to the the business systems and the coaching and the mentoring I, I'm assuming that you guys didn't just stumble upon these books or these concepts. You, you, you had a business mentor, a business mm -hmm. coach, someone early in your career kind of say, hey, you read this. This is going to mm -hmm. change your thinking. This is what's going to help you on your journey. Tell us a little bit about that aspect of becoming an entrepreneur. How important is that? Mm -hmm. And do you look for different types of coaches throughout the course of your career? I mean, do you, uh, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, there's lots of ways you can go about doing it. It's like you, by recommendation and staying hungry. I mean, there's so much information that's out there now. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you weed through the noise? Like someone could literally be listening to this podcast and say, how do I know that this hour long podcast is actually, there's value in this podcast mm -hmm. It's actually going to propel me. Um, and so sometimes people chase all these rabbits and actually don't ever get to, um, to where they want to go. So mm -hmm. I think you want to look for people that actually have success on the tree, right? Mm -hmm. Like fruit on the tree. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, you know, you see people all the time popping up on social media now trying to teach you success, it, but they're, you know, sitting in their grandma's basement mm -hmm. with a green screen behind them teaching you success, right? So I think the first thing is figure out who actually has results. What have they done? And not just in 1980, what have they done now mm -hmm. that's still producing fruit? Right. And really grab a hold of someone and be hungry to learn from that person. But I think there's really key fundamentals to, to learning a great foundation to business. And one of them that my coach and success uh, mentor taught me was, um, you know, Michael Gerber, um, you know, so the I totally lost the name of the book. Uh, the Isis. Yeah, the e -Myth. E -Myth. Isis. That was a huge book for me. Okay. Um, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, those are key foundational books. Like, so there's success principles never change, right? right. So they're always the same. So those are great fun, uh, foundational success books that those are core 
hardcore, you know, fundamentals foundation to business. If you get those, if that's your rock, that's your bedrock. Like mm-hmm. that's the first thing you build on is those type of books. Then you can add off to that. Um, I was talking to a lady the other day. She's our neighbor. She has a successful jewelry business. She was, she, she built it out of her house. I mean, she's doing seven figure income out of her house. So she decides she's going to open up a boutique. It's a cute boutique. It's everything about it, but she's burned out. Mm-hmm. She's, I mean, she's making good money, but she's literally stressed out. And I asked her if she ever read because uh, she told me that she was yeah. stressed out. Yeah. So I said, have you ever had read Michael Gerber's e This is at a football game. Yeah. Our kids play football together. She's like, no, I've never read it. And she goes, I'm ordering it right now. She got on Amazon, ordered it right then. She literally texted me next. She goes, oh, my God, this is my story. How did you know? Mm. Right? And now she can't put the book down. Right? right? And so that book is going to set her up for a great foundation mm-hmm. because she's, she has not, she's an entrepreneur-minded. She has, she's smart. She's yeah, successful. she's smart. Yeah, she'll, she'll work her guts out, but it's not enough to actually uh, be busy. So too are the ants. Mm-hmm. What are you busy about? And so you have to have those core fun- fundamental books and, and mentors that actually direct you and guide you that's been above, that has a 10,000-foot view, can see where you're going. Mm-hmm. I sit down with guys all the time. They say, Kirk, I want your time. I want to mentor you or mentor with you. And then I sit down with them and I say, dude, this, this, and this. And they argue with me. Argue with me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, you're... Not, you can't yeah. argue with me. You're not yeah. in the position to argue yeah. with yeah. me right you now. You asked me for my time. You asked me to mentor yeah. you. I'm trying to help you out. Exactly. Now you're going to argue with but me? No, but you don't understand my circumstances, Kirk. No, I do. That's actually why I'm above them. I'm not in right. yours. You right. know, So yeah. it's it's just a total different mind, mindset of getting to getting a mentor, knowing that they're pointing you in the right direction, and leveraging what they're teaching you to read, right? Um, what do you want to add to that, Nicole? Yeah, no, just to stay hungry. You've gotta, mm-hmm. you got to to be able to actually learn, you have to be hungry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's been times in my life that where I've gone through seasons of where my hunger's been down, mm-hmm. you know? And honestly, it all stemmed back to the belief in myself and the belief of what I could accomplish. And when my belief would be up, my hunger would be up. Mm-hmm. But when my belief was down, my hunger would be down, you know? So those are definitely key things that you got to have if you're going to succeed. We know the Heineken commercial where it says, stay thirsty, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, you should stay hungry, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so hunger is everything. You know, if you look at your current reality, and you put that as a level line across, and then you put a line up to where you want to go on mm-hmm. an angle, like whatever your dream is. Mm-hmm. And that that gap between where you want to go and your current reality, mm-hmm. that that measure between there is your hunger level. And that will determine where you want to go. Because I, I talk with so many people that want to do all these things, but they're not hungry. You mm-hmm. know, I sit down with people and they'll say, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. Um, but, um, you know, I'm not willing to get a second job. I'm not willing to do the things that I need to do to actually get to where I want to go. Uh, I sat down with a young lady the other day, and she's like, I, I, I want to be a fashion designer. Uh, I, I have all these ideas for denim and, I, and all these things, and I'm meeting with these things. And she's like, but I have no money. I was like, well, you need to make money now. Mm-hmm. You need something now as you're trying to do all those things. Right. And it's, it's, they don't want to do the middle to get to where they want to go. That's the hunger part. How hungry are you to get to where you want to go? So this lady that you're chatting about uh, at the football game, super successful, Mm -hmm. scaling her business, seven-figure income out of her house. Mm -hmm. It's pretty well done, Mm -hmm. but exhausted, tired, and stressed. And so I've read the the E-Myth multiple Mm -hmm. times. And so you gave her a book to be like, okay, here, let's put some systems in place. Let's, let's, figure out a way in which you can systematize this to where you don't have to be there mm-hmm. and where you can get some of your life back, where you can buy some of that time. Because I mean, I guess the definition of success is different for every single person, but mm-hmm. I've never met somebody who's been uber successful, let's say financially, but literally had no time or had tons of stress who, who would then classify themselves and be like, okay, I feel like I've been successful. It's, it's quite Mm-hmm. Usually the opposite. You, in, in your journey, I know ha- having uh, known you and Nicole for quite some time, you went through all these various entrepreneurial pursuits to kind of find the sweet spot where you were able to define what success was for you. Mm-hmm. And you're now living that. So can you maybe take our listeners through that story arc of that journey, what what did you learn? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that you learned valuable lessons along the way. You were trying something. Nope, this isn't for me. I want to do something else. Okay, try that. Nope, this isn't quite for me. I do something else. And to 
until you get to the point where you are today. So what, what was it? How did you define success for both of you? What were you looking for? And how have you been able to intentionally engineer and design your life uh, to achieve that? Because you, you guys, I know you, you, you're very happy, um, been successful, also have a lot of that freedom. So it, it doesn't happen by accident. So it's intentional design, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Well, I think for Kirk and I too, we did have to do that where we sat down and really defined like, man, what is it that we're looking for? And um, one of the things that was very evident in both of us was that we wanted time, mm-hmm. you know, that we knew how to make money, right? We could go, we could go make money in anything, you mm-hmm. know, uh, but really what's going to produce time for us because time is our greatest commodity. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to get back yesterday, right? right. We're not going to get back the last five minutes we just had together. And so we realized, man, if we can begin to to build a a system business, something that can give us leverage, you know, leverage is huge. Uh, Leverage says this, man, if I would rather have, you know, 1% of 100 people's time than 100% of my own time, Mm -hmm. right? And so, man, if we could own a business where we could actually throttle up and we could gain leverage and be able to acquire both time and money, that would be, we would feel successful at that point, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, because real estate, I love real estate. It's great. I love houses. I love going in and I I love helping people. Kirk Mm -hmm. and I, obviously one reason we love businesses is because people are attached to businesses. There you go. Right there. (laughs) You got to love people in business. (laughs) When you're an entrepreneur, you're always on. That's right. That's right. And so we love to serve people. We love to help people. And, um, you know, real estate is fun and because I love to help people. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, real estate isn't enough because I want to also have my time. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes me to be there. Right. And, uh, you know, same thing with Mac. That's, we, a, that's a very demanding. And I mean, you're like on call almost round the clock, right? Like a client, hey, I want to go see this house. I want to do that. It's just like, I have some friends that are in that that space and it is very, very demanding. Right. It, it, most, and if you don't define those boundaries, mm-hmm. it can be very demanding. And uh, just like Mac Daddies, we love Mac Daddies. It's awesome to be able to serve people. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, other business that we build mm-hmm. is because we want time freedom and mm-hmm. to be able to mm-hmm. really have leverage in our life. Yeah, a lot of times people believe that they you know, that they have to love what they do, right? So Mac Daddy's, it's a great business. I don't love Mac Daddy's, right? It, it produces income, but it's not my passion. So I think the biggest thing is people need to figure out what their passion is. I like helping people. I'm a little bit of a computer nerd. I like to fix mm-hmm. things here and there, but that's not my ultimate thing. It's just a vehicle to get me where I'm going to go. Um, in fact, my 19-year-old son is in the process of taking over this business because I don't want to do this business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one of the biggest keys is what are you passionate about? And Nicole and I were always passionate about helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a background in church ministry where we've we've served uh, on staff at churches, uh, you know, reaching people. Um, and so, and we do the same thing with our coaching. We're passionate about helping people get results financially, mm-hmm. um, you know, spiritually, uh, physically, whatever. Uh, we like to help people in those areas. And so. I think the first thing you have to do is figure out what you're passionate about. And maybe that passion right now isn't producing money for you. So you have to do something like Mac Daddy's or whatever it is to get that income in Mm -hmm. to get you to where you want to go. Um, And so uh, it's just to me, I I see different opportunities as a vehicle um, to get you to where you want to go and whatever your passion is. Mm -hmm. Right. That's good. I think you also have to be, I mean, to own businesses, you to me, you have to be legacy minded too. you know, what, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? And sometimes it's not, you know, a lot of people think in terms of legacy, they think of financial, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think of legacy in not just financial, but it's three parts for Kirk and I, you Mm -hmm. know, we want to leave a spiritual legacy. We want to leave a relational legacy and we want to leave a financial legacy. Mm, And, um, and so things in our life, um, we bounce off those three parts of our legacy, you know, does it fit in one of these three? And if not, then we may, we're probably not going to do it, you know, because this is, this is our, this is our focus. Mm -hmm. So Kirk and Nicole, I mean, on, on this journey, you've you've experienced quite a bit, had multiple business opportunities that you have tried. Tell me about one of your biggest failures. I guess it could be a business failure, just a, a failure in life. But I find that 
some of the best stories and best learning opportunities that we've had in life or come from a, a failure or a setback. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, I think a lot of times people will take a look at successful people in life and it looks like everything's just super easy and, you know, r rainbows and unicorns, right? <laughs> and and I, I think knowing you guys well enough that you've had obstacles along the way, you've had failures along the way that you've learned from. For, for a new entrepreneur who's getting started in the journey or maybe somebody who is in that uh, messy middle and might be going through a difficult situation right now, what type of words of encouragement would you give them? Well, when you said the word failure, um, you know, a lot of people are scared of failing, mm -hmm. right? They really have a fear of failing. And I've never had that feeling um, and when I think of failure, I think someone's got to have this big thing happen. You know, it's mm -hmm. this huge failure. And and I can't point to anything where Kirk and I had just, other than when we were so financially trapped, mm -hmm. um, we looked like, we felt like a failure mm -hmm. at that point, you know. Um, and luckily, we were digging ourselves out of it. Mm -hmm. But I have had little failures, you know, that of just along the way of things that could have tripped me up because mm -hmm. of like learning how to handle objections, mm -hmm. people that may have rejected me or or said no to me in business or mm -hmm. things like that. I would see sometimes as, as a fail, like, man, I'm failing. But mm -hmm. I'd pick myself back up and I'd go listen to an audio or read a book that could help me mm -hmm. be able to overcome some of those, those hard things that you're going to deal in business mm -hmm. when people tell you no or, you know, obviously how yeah. to handle objections yeah. or those things of when the result isn't coming fast enough. You're working you, hard and it's just not, and it's it, just, it, it, the result's not there. You're like, okay, is it ever going to click? Yeah. Right? And then you hear, you hear someone tell you that, hey, what you're doing right now, you're not going to see for 90 days. And those little things were encouragements to mm -hmm. me when it would feel like we were failing or going backwards and realizing, no, all we got to do is just hold on for 30 more days because those results are going to come. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of, it's like the, uh, the law of the harvest, mm -hmm. right? What you sow is what you're going to reap. And a lot of times if you've been sowing some bad principles, and it's what happened to us, we were, we were actually sowing some really bad principles before we ever really stepped out into entrepreneurship. You know, what, we, what was a bad principle? Well, I mean, we were spending money like crazy. You know, we were spending everything that we made. Uh, we were financing the American dream. You know, some of these things. These are you're not investing for the future. You're right. actually spending your seed money to exactly. use that. Exactly. So these were kind term. of bad seeds that we were actually planting, mm -hmm. not even realizing that they were. Mm -hmm. And then we were reaping mm -hmm. those seeds, and we were beginning to sow good seeds, but we were still reaping from the bad seeds. Right. The bad harvest. Right. And we could have thought at that moment we could have had those thoughts of man. This ain't paying off. Mm -hmm. If we didn't realize, if someone, if we hadn't heard an audio that said, no, you're just reaping the seeds that you mm -hmm. had sown, just hold on, mm -hmm. hold on, because these good seeds are going to come to harvest, you yeah. know? And so um, that's what I think of when, when you say, you know, failures. There mm -hmm. were times where obviously I had those down times of realizing, man, this is hard. How am I going to overcome right. this? But, you know. It's interesting. I, I don't know if I've had anybody reference that to me before about um a bad harvest and and reaping the bad harvest but you know we're here out you know outside of dallas texas and you're not too far from here in any direction you can probably get into farm country pretty quick right mm -hmm. and so imagine the, a, a farmer plants a crop and for whatever reason it's let's say you know soybeans are in the tank or some type of pestilence hits that particular crop. I mean, you literally got to go out there and rip out that entire field, sometimes burn it, right? You got to, oh my goodness, we got to start over. And it takes a season to do that, get the, get the soil right, rip all that out, refertilize it, replant, be like, all right. And so he's doing, that farmer might be doing all the right things, but he's not going to get, he's not reaping the harvest right then. Mm -hmm. And he's going to have to wait another season before he can, you know. He may he, have to fire some workers too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Who told me to plant this crop, you know? Uh, but that, that's, a, that is a, uh, for me, that, that is so apropos. I mean, I, I have mm -hmm. seen that in, in my own life where you're just like, okay, I was in investing on X and X didn't turn out. Mm. I've got to like double down and yeah. Well, think about how many people give up mm -hmm. in that space Yes. when they think, well, for just a you know short time, I've been sowing this good stuff and it's not 
coming to harvest mm-hmm. and they're still actually reaping mm-hmm. some of the bad seeds mm-hmm. and they actually give up in that space. And we could talk, I mean, that well, business relationally, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know the difference, right? So we were broke. Most people are broke because they, they sell their time for wholesale and then they pay retail for everything. Mm-hmm. So you can never get ahead selling your time for wholesale and paying retail for everything. Right. So that's why you were broke. So most people don't know the difference on how that works. It's so like explain a, that for someone who's never heard yeah, that term before. So a mechanic could actually open up a shop and have business come in and make some money. But instead, for, for safety, he, he chooses to work for somebody and sell, sell his time for wholesale, which is 15 bucks an hour. And the person who owns the shop is probably charging 45 or 50 bucks an hour. They're making all the margin. The, the guy who's 15 bucks an hour, is not, he's getting the, the short end of the deal. So then he takes that $15 an hour, and then he goes out and he buys retail. He buys a brand new house. He buys a brand new watch. And so you can never get ahead mm-hmm. working for wholesale and then buying for retail. right? That's why right. people stay broke. So you have to figure out a way to actually... Yeah get to where you're on you're on the side on the other side where you're the owner entrepreneur that's why people i mean that's what led you guys to take the leap and to be on the owner side of the ledger because you have a lot more optionality Mm -hmm. a lot more flexibility um and so yeah so like for an example here at mac daddy's i pay my guys 12 15 hour to fix phones Mm -hmm. right well, everybody else pays them nine fifteen an hour. So they're, oh my gosh, Mac Daddy's pays twelve fifty an hour. I'm mm-hmm. going down to work at Mac Daddy's. Well, I can pay, I can fix, you know, one phone a day and pay in the profit margin pays mm-hmm. for their whole day. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's selling himself yep. for wholesale. Right. And then he'll go out and buy a brand new iPhone for retail. And that's why he has no money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you well, you're, you're hitting on it. I mean, that, that could be a whole podcasting of itself it's just a you know financial literacy and understanding the, the power of money mm-hmm. uh how to manage it and how to steward it right so i was i'm very passionate about the stewardship of not just our, our financial assets but our life in general mm-hmm. i'm a, uh, a big stewardship guy and it f- comes from my time being at, at crown and i had some great mentors there that helped mm-hmm. teach me uh, and mentor me in some very key areas but once you once that light switch clicks and mm-hmm. you see the world through um, maybe a, a different lens or the, the light yeah. is on, you see, and you really see what's going on. It's like, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it, I mean, even this principle of learning, when we learned the cash flow quadrant of mm-hmm. learning, you know, there's four legal ways that you can make money, right? Mm-hmm. You're either an employee, self-employed, a, a B-type business owner, a system owner, mm-hmm. or an investor. And when the biggest light bulb moment for Kirk and I was when we realized that majority of our money when we stayed on the side of being an employee or even self-employed you know small business owner Mm -hmm. uh, the majority of our money was actually going to the other side feeding the hands of somebody that just wasn't brighter wiser smarter than us they just had Mm -hmm. their hand on a business system where it was funneling that money it it was the biggest light bulb moment Mm -hmm. for us because we thought okay our hard work what we are doing is feeding the lifestyle of other people mm-hmm. and they're not better than us. They just have different information and we got to figure out that information. And to add an insult to injury, when you realize that our tax codes in the United States have been written in such a way that the people who are either uh, business owners or investors have a massive tax advantage and the people who get hit the hardest are uh, employees or self-employed your highest Tax rates are right there. You've got mm-hmm. all right. sorts of loopholes, all sorts of tax advantages to be on the other side of the, of the ledger. You're like, oh my gosh. You're like, I never want to get another W-2. Another, mm, I never right. want to get another 1099. Mm. You know, you want to be able to get uh, distributions. You want to be able to get K-1s. You want to be mm-hmm. able to be that business owner or investor because you're, the taxes on that type of, exactly. we'll call it income, but, you know, is a, a lot less. It's totally different. Yep. You're exactly right. So- what are some of the things that you do to help you stay organized, you know, stay on track, uh, stay focused in the fight? I mean, what, what, are, what are certain, every single person has like a different way of managing and organizing their life, but I mean, it could be an app, it could be, mm-hmm. you know, the way you start your day, but what are some of the things that are, are important for you guys? Well, I'll start. I am 
very methodical. Okay. <laughs> it's just detail my, oriented. Yes, very right. detail oriented. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why we're married because opposites attract, that's right? That's right. <laughs> um, so the mornings for me are, are just it. Like okay. if I can get my morning started right, mm-hmm. then the rest of the day can just flow. I get up earlier before anybody else. We have three boys. And so that is a very special time to mm-hmm. me that I can get up about an hour, at least an hour, if not longer before anybody else stirs in the house. Um, and that's just my time. You know, mm-hmm. I go outside, I have this little couch on our patio that wow. I sit down and it is my time to read the word. I write down every morning, um, things I'm grateful for and the things that I'm chasing, you know, mm-hmm. things that are goals of mine. And then within the next 10 years. And so it's I'm, like a little planning session almost. Yeah, if, okay. it is. It's my way. And then it gives me time to think like I do my best thinking out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps me get my, th- cause I'm, I'm a dreamer. I'm a thinker. You know, my mind races at night. I'll wake up with crazy ideas. Kirk and I laugh because, uh, when I wake up, I mean, I'm like, what about this? What about that you know and he's like can you give me an hour like let me, <laughs> give me wake a, up give me a cup of coffee let me <laughs> you know <laughs> and and i've already solved yeah. every world's problem yeah. you know and so it gives me my time to where i can take all those thoughts and mm-hmm. put them on paper and decide if i'm going to do something with them you know so okay. and then i read i have a uh, you know the book i'm going through after i read the word i'm diving into whatever uh, development book so that that's how i stay sane okay. i'll say in the business world because if i can start my day like that and there's got to be a cup of coffee with yeah. it uh then i'm good you know my day gets lined out and i can start accomplishing as soon as i get done with that time some good thrive coffee i hope yes yeah. most definitely there you go. oh good mm-hmm. thrive coffee so kirk it sounds like your morning is a little bit different from your wife's what what is your business hack or but how do you start your day and then you you have a fairly busy lifestyle so mm-hmm. Well, stay organized. It's weird because I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or more motivated and more focused than ever, but I'm getting up earlier and earlier. I used to sleep until like 8, 30, 9 o'clock, but now I get up at what, like 6.30 every morning. That's probably not early to some people mm-hmm. on this podcast. They're probably like, 6.30, I'm up by 4. Yeah. Um, but I think some of the biggest things that I figured out as life hacks right now is I've always appreciated systems and mm-hmm. leverage and all that stuff and like big settings and business and, and teams. Um, but now I'm really applying it at a smaller level, um, just getting Mac Daddy started and, um, you know, understanding the power of leverage. And, you know, one of the things that Michael Gerber talks about in e is that you don't think that someone can do the job as good as you. So mm-hmm. then therefore you do it. You don't, you won't delegate that job to somebody else. So, um, I, I think, you know, one of my biggest things I'm working on is duplication, duplicating myself, uh, into my son, Caleb, who's running the store, the store and teaching him, Hey, everything needs to be systematic and leverage and me taking the time to actually teach him, uh, so he can do those things and duplicate it, which frees me up. Mm-hmm. And so really understanding leverage, even at a small level, uh, all the way to a huge level is having systems that work for you, um, that why you're not there and trusting people that they can actually do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay if they break something, uh, like, so I started training Caleb and, uh, he broke a $400 iPad pro, right? Uh, and so I knew before he even started working for, I don't know if he broke it. It didn't work after but, he worked yeah. on it. <laughs> <laughs> that might be considered breaking. It's like, okay, it worked yes. and then he touched it. Now yes. it doesn't work. And I, so there, I, that, I, was I whole, that was, yeah, yeah, that was a whole learning lesson in itself. I was like, well, did you turn it on first? Did mm-hmm. you look at this and this and this? And did you trust the customer of what mm-hmm. he said was wrong with it? And so, uh, basically I, I have to let him break things to actually get to where we want to go. And I think that's the part that's letting go of that. So I ended up buying a, that Sky new iPad Pro uh, to replace it because I made it good and he was happy. Actually, he was in here, I think, when you walked in. That oh, was nice. the guy. Um, so uh, that's the biggest life hack that I have right now is actually uh, having doing leverage uh, with people and trusting people that they can do the job. Um, which will free me up long term to do more things mm-hmm. and create and do the things that I want to do. Um, I'm already like telling him, pretend I'm not here. Like, oh, dad, this, I, I'm not here right now. I remember, yeah. you know, so make the decision. Yeah, exactly. And just being productive and then staying focused because it's so easy to get off track and chase rabbits, you know, in the world that we live in. So uh, going in mentally uh, on a Sunday, like, all right, here's what I'm going to do, defining what I want to do for the week. 
even just financial goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, okay, here's what I did last month financially. And this is what I want to do this month. I got 10 days left to do that. So mm-hmm. just really dialing in where I want to be, what I want to do, um, has some things that I've been really been focused on just hustling, man. I, I love the hustle. I just mm-hmm. love to be in the hunt. You know, I love solving problems. Um, so, so you guys are bond Vera entrepreneurs as well. So as you, you're leveraging those principles within your within the Bonvera business, right? What, what, what are some of the key principles for, you know, because you have a nationwide team, you've got people uh, all over the country. That is, how, how do you apply that principle that you are teaching your son with your, um, your, your folks within the business? Yeah, well, with Bonvera too, you know, Kirk talks about leverage on a small scale, mm-hmm. but man, this allows you to have leverage on on a huge scale, you know. Mm-hmm. And we touched on business systems earlier, mm-hmm. and the value of really owning a system, you know, and a system says where it's the magic, not you, right? Where you can point somebody to. Uh, it would be, I'll, I'll give you like an example of like a small scale. It would be like Kirk having, you know, a, a manual, something like so Caleb could sit down and watch mm-hmm. a video and, and teach him everything that he knows. And it doesn't take Kirk to be there. Right. right? You know, with Bonvera, it's so amazing that you can have a system where someone can learn while you're not there. Mm-hmm. Now, what can you do? Right. How can you scale up when you can have thousands of people now learning while you're not there? And that's that's really what you want. You want a business that can duplicate that way. And uh, and then growing to, you know, just on even on a team level, Mm -hmm. uh, knowing that you got to help a team member get started. But knowing that you have tools that now they can learn from the same information that you learned from, but yet you can still be there to coach and mentor. It's mm-hmm. just it's just an incredible partnership that you have with Bonvera, with being able to have a system, but yet um, be able to also have that one-on-one personal coaching and, mm-hmm. and training and being there with them in the hunt. So it's just it's a really special uh, thing that we have, you know, with this business. So what what books are you guys reading currently? I'm reading the hundred X leader right oh, now. There you go. Yes. All right. Well, Jeremy, so Jeremy Kubitschek is going to be with us here in a couple of weeks. That's right. Yeah. I'm excited to be able to, uh, to meet him. And so I wanted to obviously get through that book and, mm-hmm. you know, have all that great information. So, um, I'm reading a book called life is good. It's by the guys that started the t-shirt brand. Life really? is good. Yeah. yeah. It's actually I love good. that brand. Yeah. It's really good. It's two brothers. Okay. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. They started it, if I'm not mistaken, in Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. So it tells a little bit of their background and their struggles and, you know, their upbringing and stuff. So it's a pretty good book. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. I'm all, I love like biographies of, you know, business owners yeah. that, go, that, that talk about the struggle and the getting started and, yeah. and navigating it. I mean, that, that's a powerful. It talks about how they started making their T-shirts and they'd sell them like on the side of mm-hmm. the roads and, you know, vans and stuff mm-hmm. and how they just took off and scaled. And that's it's a pretty cool book. That's great. So when you guys aren't busy running companies and, and being an entrepreneur in multiple areas, how, how do you guys like to relax? What do you do? Costa Rica. Yeah, well, that's right. You've got some friends down there. You got you go down there and kind of l- yeah. live large, right? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's our home away from home. Home yes. away from home. Yes. Yeah. In Costa Rica, there's no rules. There's just suggestions. So okay. you can you can drive on the beach with a four wheeler. You know, no helmet. You know, just whatever you want to do. It's pretty fun. Yeah, that's Kirk's kind of country, right yeah. there. No, no rules, <laughs> just suggestions. I like that. I, I've never been to Costa Rica. Yeah, I need, we'll to, have need to, to take go. you. Yeah. So, we'll so what, what's sure. a bucket uh, bucket list place that you'd like to go? So, uh, like a mm-hmm. a trip or you know something. Grand Wale. Hawaii. Really? <laughs> yes. We want to okay. go to Grand Wale, and then we also want to do the Tahiti. Or uh, Tahiti Bora Bora. Bora Bora. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Those are some of those epic ones, right? They got yeah, the pets yeah. out over the water. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We've been able, we've been blessed as, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and been able to create residual income to where we've done a lot of trips. Um, we actually homeschooled our kids. Um, uh, majority of their their schooling and been able to travel and they've seen all over the country and stuff. So now we want to kind of do some big trips like Israel, uh, you know, Bora Bora, Tahiti, um, wherever else. I think you're wanting to go to China, weren't you, to go buy some suits and stuff? Well, I, I, I have. My favorite tailor in the entire world is Sam's Tailor in Hong Kong. Oh, and Hong so Kong, I yeah. built a, a nice relationship with those guys. And yeah. um, of course, I so I can like send them. 
Mm-hmm. They've got all my measurements. I've done so much business with them. I can just send them an email and say, hey, I yeah. want this, this, and that, and it'll show up at my house in the, you know, a awesome. week later. Uh, Hong Kong is one of my favorite cities in the entire globe. Mm-hmm. Of course, right now, you've got a lot of civil unrest. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what's going to happen, but it's brewing. It's a powder keg. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I have friends that are there, and they're like, mm-hmm. ah, it's, it's okay. But I mean, <laughs> so I, I, at some point, you think that the, um, the government is going to step in. They're not mm-hmm. going to allow mm-hmm. the, the civil unrest to continue. But I love mm-hmm. Hong Kong. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So what? real quick, what would be one of the most important skills that an entrepreneur could have? Something that you've learned on your journey. What, what, do you, what would you think if you're, if, like, as you're mentoring your son, he's about ready to take over the, the store here. And you say, you know, Caleb, this is the number one skill you need to have as an entrepreneur. I think being teachable, really. I mean, like, not just, um, you know, in, in the aspect of being teachable on how to run Mac Daddies, but mm-hmm. teachable in general. Um, you know, people will say I'm teachable, but are they really teachable when you sit down and try to tell them some stuff? Um, so teachable, because if you're teachable, then you're hungry, right? Because you want to, the reason why you're, you're teachable mm-hmm. is because you're hungry. And so the ability to, to stay hungry and teachable to want to learn, right? Not just learn what you're into, but continuing to learn about everything and being a good listener, mm-hmm. right? Like most people are not good listeners. It, you know, they just, they're waiting for you to stop so they can interrupt you so they can tell you their thoughts and their theories and, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. So um, I, I pray that I stay teachable and you know, in li- a good listener, uh, because those are really key aspects. Um, and just, it's all about association, right? Mm-hmm. So who are you associating with? You know, I can't afford to associate with certain people anymore because I, they're not that they're bad people. I just, they're not going where I'm going and I need to be associating with people at a higher level that have achieved more than me. So I know where to go, go to. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, always looking for the next level, of the person that's mm-hmm. going to coach and mentor you that can take you to the next level. Um, most people I was thinking about this the other day don't know where they're at in the hustle. Right. So different people are at different spots in the hustle. You know, when Nicole and I first started, we're in the beginning stages of the hustle. Then mm-hmm. like you talked about earlier, the middle stage of the mm-hmm. hustle and actually identifying people where they're at to know where you don't waste time. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can learn a lot from Bob. He he's been, you know, all over the world Mm -hmm. he's you know been ceo of companies you have a lot that i've never experienced for so when i'm around you i should be listening and learning what you have to know and so that way i can take that information and go to the next level interesting nicole same question for you i mean honestly i would agree with that i would just add just when i say people skills it's so broad Mm -hmm, right? right but um Learning, you know, probably one of the best books is How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's a classic. Such a great book. And just learning that people skills, meaning like one thing I can say, what am I most proud of? Um, I think the one thing I'm most proud of is that we've instilled in our boys um, to be conversationalists and mm-hmm. to have people skills, to not mm-hmm. be afraid of people, you know, to to be confident, to walk up to someone, introduce yourself, ask them how they're doing. Um, those are such important skills. And, um, and I think that just goes along with just even service to others, Mm -hmm. you know, being that person that you can, uh, and not saying you have to say this, but having that attitude of how can I serve you? Well, that's kind of like the heart and soul of entrepreneurship in in many respects, right? We're, We're entrepreneurs are problem solvers. And I've been told and one of my favorite all time business quotes is all business is, is relationships. Mm -hmm. So if if, if you are, if you understand relationships and and Nicole, for you to hit, you hit the ball out of the park with, with that, the, you know, it's relationships, people, skills, and then solving problems, Mm -hmm. right? It's just like you, I mean, Kirk, since we've been here on, on, with this, recording this podcast even though we've got a do not disturb sign on the front of your store (laughs) the 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 open sign is turned off uh a handful of customers have come by and knocked on the door and you've gotten up dutifully each time walked over you know quietly open the door hey how can i help you try to serve uh you so you personify the 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 principles that you know we've been been talking about here today Mm -hmm. um all right what, what about 
pet peeves. What are some of your pet peeves as business owners or as entrepreneurs? What are the things that just drive you nuts? Um, one of my biggest things. <laughs> Nicole's already yeah, starting yeah. to laugh. She's, she's probably like, got a lot. <laughs> I, I, one of my passions is also teaching people how to be successful at sales. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, that uh, technique that, you know, a lot of times people have misnomers about selling, selling. But one of the pet peeves or one of the biggest misnomers about selling is that you have to actually like the product that you're selling. Mm-hmm. I, I hear that all the time. Well, if I don't believe in that product, I just can't sell it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a, a a big misnomer because you don't actually have to believe in the product. The person buying it has to believe in the product. Um, I'll give you some examples. I've sold everything under the sun uh, from a uh, recently Nicole's dad passed and he had all these old vintage Texas license plates Mm -hmm. and I ended up selling some of them. Uh, I don't know anything about them, but someone else saw the value Mm -hmm. in those license plates. You're not passionate about it. I'm not passionate about license plates, right? Like, you know, someone else is passionate about that. Mm -hmm. I bought some, uh, some powder coated trash cans out of California with that painting Mm -hmm. uh, from this thing. And, um, and I had my sons going door to door selling these powder coated trash cans and because they had their favorite teams, you know, like football teams are the yeah. color of like the yeah. Eagle, whatever. Uh, and so they would go door to door and they would sell these powder coated trash cans to people that liked them because they're colorful. I don't care anything about trash cans, but I care about, you know, mm. so someone else sees the value in that product. Right. You're talking about like these trash cans that go out by the curb that you put huge bags it's just of trash like a or waste, like It's like a waste paper basket, okay. about tall, but it's really heavy duty, and they powder coated them all different okay. bright colors. Oh, gotcha. Okay, like red, green, blue. Yeah. So okay. I, I literally, I'd teaching my kids it's sales. But here you go, boys, go I, sell. Go them. sell these, and we we bought them for three bucks, uh, brand new mm-hmm. cans, and then we sold them for like forty bucks. Like these cans, they knocked door to door, and and you know they would say that's that, a good margin. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm yeah, and. They were crushing the very first house the lady bought too so they were like high-fiving each other yeah. fist pumping man we're gonna be rich you know yeah. and then so the next five houses they got rejected and so mm-hmm. then at that point they had their head down knocking on doors and their tonality went down mm-hmm. hey we're they're already thinking the person's gonna we'll say, say no, no. Yeah. so then i had to have a coaching talk with them like all right here's what you gotta do you gotta run the script that i taught you and then you gotta be excited and have expectation that they're gonna buy and sure enough they started selling again so mm-hmm. um so i, I think a lot of people have misnomers about selling that I like to help people with correct that. What about you, Nicole? I was just, I just thought it was funny when you said, what are your pet peeves in business? Because just a minute ago I said, you got to love people, right? Mm -hmm, Service to others. But my pet peeve is sometimes the people. People. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's going to be all types. That's right. right. You're just, if you're going to be in business, you are, remember you're dealing with people Mm -hmm. and people are people, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to get some crazy ones. You're going to get some that just have some really odd thinking, (laughs) you know? So one, one of the, um, one of my mentors who was kind of helping me through, cause I was, I had some Everybody has people problems or people issues, like as you said. And I, I think one day I was, may have been complaining and he wasn't going to have any of it. And he's like, all right, Bob, all right, I want you to think of the most difficult person that you're dealing with. The person just drives you nuts, or, or, right? You know, I'm like, yep, yep, you got it? He goes, yep, yep. He goes, okay, trust me. You are that person to a whole bunch of people in life, yeah. right? So it's, and I was just, and when I reframed it, I was like, oh, you know what? I, yeah, that's, that's a true statement, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's going to be people who rub me the wrong way. And I'm sure I do the, the same to others. It's just a matter of learning how to deal with folks, mm-hmm. um, learning how to deal with stressful situations. And again, you know, since business is all relationships, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the people skills, Nicole, as you said, and the, the emotional intelligence is so critical. And um, yeah, that's, that, that's funny. It's just it, sometimes it's all about just reframing mm-hmm. and understanding and looking at the world through, through a different lens. Exactly. Well, Kirk and Nicole, it has been awesome being able to chat with you guys today. I think I've learned a lot. And you have provided a ton of resources. And so we'll make sure to have all the books that are highlighted in the show notes. Uh, Some of my favorites and also some new ones that I uh, hadn't even read before. And so I'm really looking forward to getting that book, uh, The Life is Good, those those founders. Uh, We talked about attitude being everything. Uh, how you helped, you know, reframe some things for your boys and help them get back on as they were selling those trash cans, and then mm-hmm. uh, uh, just the, you know relationships. 
Uh, but your, you know, your entrepreneurial journey. So it, it, as I think about your story, it, it, there's some people who have ma- made the leap, and yeah, it wasn't for them. You're like, oh my goodness, I'm 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 past the the party of the start. I'm in the messy middle. I don't like it. I quit, and they walk away. And you guys have gone through the messy middle of multiple business opportunities uh, to where you finally, ha- you know, you've learned along the way. Uh, and be able to leverage that to where you can actually define the success that you want and now are living a a very successful life. And so I guess I I commend you both for that. And hopefully for those who are listening, you've been inspired by some of the things that you've heard and uh, this will uh, help you to uh, dream differently, think differently, uh, grab some books and and, and dig a little bit deeper. For those of you who haven't read The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, definitely pick up that book. It will uh, revolutionize the way you view yourself and, and view business. Uh, but Kirk and Nicole, before we, we sign off, any other, any parting words of wisdom or comments to folks who might be listening from home? I would just say, don't uh, be afraid to try, Mm -hmm. you know, try, try, try. It's just like, you know, I was an entrepreneur for several years, uh, building teams and and business, and and I decided to get my real estate license. And there was some awkwardness to Mm -hmm. it, you know, because I knew one way of doing business, but there were some things I had to learn. And I just had to keep reminding myself, don't be afraid to try, you know, Uh, don't be afraid to learn and go out there and and implement and just try because you're going to get better. And then I'll just end on my favorite book, which is Be Humble, Stay Hungry, and Always Hustle. It's a good motto. Nice. I love it. Yeah, I would just say the biggest thing is, you know, stay hungry and stay focused and, you know, don't give up. You're probably just one step away from a breakthrough. Um, there's so many things I've learned in the last six months of just even getting Mac Daddy set up um, where I was one step away and someone brought some information to mm-hmm. help me go to the next level. So if you are stuck in the middle, keep staying focused, stay around some people that are positive, get around good people that are more successful than you. Um, and then keep reading, stay hungry, and then just stay focused. I mean, you are going to get a breakthrough. Um, if you're doing the activity, if you're if you're in the hunt, God will reward you, just like we talked about earlier, about your sowing seed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't see the seed that you're sowing, and then all of a sudden all the seed comes in at one time. Uh, there's there's times where things aren't going right. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, what is this? This mm-hmm. is so crazy. Why yeah. is everything going wrong? And I know, like, okay, God, you're getting ready to do something big mm-hmm. because there's no way I could stay down this long. So mm-hmm. there's some kind of huge blessing that's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so the main thing is make sure you're uh, listening to people um, if they're giving you advice that are in their good quality people and they have results on the tree. Listen to them. Be open and take that quiet time too. Like Nicole talked about earlier, where she gets up early in the morning she wants she wants to get in the word she wants to you know listen uh not to her, herself but kind of get in the word calm her spirit and and then get get direction so that's all i have to say about it all <laughs> wow wonderful you could not have uh closed with with better insight and better comments i thank you both for taking the time today for shutting down your store mac daddy's here in carlton texas no problem and we greatly appreciate the the time uh, that you both have invested and i i appreciate the the tour around the place and just both of you guys are great friends thanks for joining us on the leap podcast we will see you next time on another great episode interviewing some incredible thought leaders and entrepreneurs to help you on your journey. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Taking the Leap podcast with your host, Bob Dickey. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at www.takingtheleappodcast.com and bonvera.rocks. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Taking the Leap.